YouTube, Facebook, YouTube, and Periscope. And this is going to Tuesday. Um, the poetry comes to season two the right way. Um, we're having what we want to call Queen's Court. And for those that don't know, today is uh, one of our Queen's birthday, Fannie Lou Hamer. Today is her birthday, and she uh, continued to fight for the liberation of her people until the day she died. So this is a perfect day to start off season two of the Poetry Corner with Queen's Court. And um, we got a we got a good lineup tonight and uh, as well, and we got a couple other people that may be joining the show. And as usual, King Atterbury's here to introduce his queens this week. Hello, everybody. Uh, we have on the stage tonight, we have Jules All Day, we have Jazzy Sky, we also have Nita, and we also have Rita, with other guests soon to come in. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm good. How are you guys doing? I'm good, thank you. Right. Doing well. That's great. Cause you got a you got a poem tonight, right? Is this, is this poetry night, or these these young ladies gonna uh, bless these the screen with some of their beautiful? These queens are gonna do what they do, you know. Naturally, have conversation and some poetry, just like we did the uh, conversation with kings. But I have a special poem for these queens tonight that I want to recite for them, and it's called "To the Queens." My dedication to you, queens who move around in different scenes, appreciating what you bring by many means a lot of things. Strong woman holding court within your pure righteous state. As a king, I see your face and how you love to demonstrate. Beautiful and sexy, nothing unpretty and ugly, conducting yourself lovely, even humorous and funny. Grounded by the basis of your heart, mind, and soul. Knowing what you know, keeping control while I want to go. Adapt to environments where the world is controlled. Precious woman never fold before too hard to reach your goal. Facing challenges of the sexes within society's solar plexus. After work so hard, please know where your rest is. King. Mm. I like Thank that. Thank you. I like that. Starting start them off right, huh? So, so I gotta give so, a dedication to the to the women, you know. So it's a couple of y'all queens and y'all right. We you know. we have we haven't heard from Nita in a while. Um and uh you know she's been on the hiatus. Uh <laughs> she's been a little busy <laughs> a, 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 across the pond, as we might say, my dear yeah. chaps. <laughs> so, so, no one but the queen speaks like that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my dear, my dear chaps. <laughs> so, so Nita, so Nita, how you been? Yeah, I've, I'm, I've been well, but I've definitely been going through a, um, a shift, I guess, a spiritual shift, which has meant that I needed to just remove myself from social media. And just really focus on me and getting through this this shift and all the stuff that comes up with, you know, when you're transitioning from where you are to somewhere else, it, it's challenging. So, hence, hence the hiatus. Yeah. 
And Safiya is here. Amina. <laughs> How you doing? She should be able to hear you. Huh? She can hear you. Oh, she can? Oh. How's, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, we can't hear her. We can't hear you. Your microphone. Safia, we can't hear you. She said a minute. So so Nita, you took a you took a, a social media break. Tell tell us tell us what that did for you, Nita. Um, it helped me to focus on my on my stuff, on on the, the healing that I need to do. It helped me to be more present within myself um, and just like break through another, sh another like shell, you know, of stuff that's keep from, um, I guess, ascending spiritually, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I, and I'm still on the social media break. I'm just doing mm -hmm. this um, because I love you guys and <laughs> King asked me to. But I've like uninstalled Facebook, Instagram. I haven't posted anything for about three weeks, which is like, wow. <laughs> um, you know, because I feel like if I want to give through my poetry, if I want to share, it really has to always be authentic. And I think I was struggling with that, be staying authentic and actually still dealing with my own stuff. So it's like, how can I, how can I do that? So I need to just stop, you know, time is irrelevant. Mm -hmm. So when it's, when it's need to go back, then I'll go back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, in, that's in terms of, I know we haven't started the conversation yet, but in terms of what we can do with the, for the village as women, for me, that's one of the things that I can do for my village is remain authentic and transparent to myself and work, actively work on healing myself, you know, always. Oh, oh you answered that question quickly. You was ready. <laughs> <laughs> So what I did behind the scenes, for those that don't know, I asked the young ladies a question behind the scenes that I was going to ask them on camera about a woman's responsibility to the village. And Nita actually answered it. Um, she gave her, her interpretation of answering the question. So I would like to ask any of the other young ladies the same question. We'll start with uh, Jazzy. Hey, um, women's responsibility to the village. I mean, I kind of believe we are the village. Um, we're the ones that stay on the inside to make sure that everyone's fed, things are clothed, the children, uh, make sure people are on time. I think the men are more so, in my mind, kind of working the outskirts. So they're the one that brings the bacon home. You know, we clean the bacon store the bacon, cook the bacon. And um, I don't know. I think, I think us, we're just, we're the stitching in the community. We are the ones that help keep everything together. If that makes sense. That's, that's just my okay. thing. I think that um, not only do we, we bear the community, you know, we, we carry the community. We birth the community. We're the, 
we're the village. I think we really do keep it together. I mean, as far as like when it comes to men is concerned too, I think it's still important that we be their backbone as much as their side, you know, have their front and their back because if they're not, if they're not all together, if they're not stitched correctly together, it can crumble what we got going on on the inside Mm -hmm. between men, children, and our community as a whole. Oh, so you, you, you have no time off. That's what you're telling me, Jazzy. Pretty much. <laughs> Rita, tell me, um, what, what is a, resp- a woman's responsibility to the village? Can't get my mic on. Okay, there we go. Well, um, for me, I do believe that, um, for myself especially, that we are definitely the nurturers of that village. And I kind of miss the the village concept right now in our community, but um, the nurturers and the encouragers, um, we have to make sure that each person in our communities and village are uplifted to know that anything is possible um, and providing that, that guidance. But I do think that the men should be the leaders of the village, even though we sustain it. Okay. Jules? Um, I think that another part of our responsibility is to uh, carry forth legacy. I think we have um, a critical responsibility to make sure that the um, lessons of our past are instilled in our future um, and that we empower them to um, do as much and even greater than than we have. Okay, okay. And, and last but not least, we got somebody that's uh, joining us, which is uh, me and King's, me and King's both, uh, this is our cousin, uh, Safia Amina. Uh, this is her first time coming on the Poetry Corner, which we're trying to get, you know, kind of stay busy. She stay <laughs> on the move, so. And she just she just had oral surgery the other day, so we didn't know if she was gonna be able to come on tonight. And uh, uh, Safia, what's going on? I'm good. Can you hear me, cousin? Yes, we can. Can you hear me now? Okay, good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good. Sound like the commercial. Peace, everyone. Thank you for having me. And I don't want to smile too. You can see the gauze in my mouth. But yeah, I did have it um, yesterday, one day after my first birthday. So realized I don't bounce back the way that I used to. I'm, I'm and not to do it all, it all. And I guess that's a great segue to your question, which is um, the woman's responsibility to the village. Um, and honestly, in my opinion, is women's responsibility to the village is not to do it all. And the reason is because we spread ourselves thin. And it goes back to that, um, that saying about being on the airplane and putting the oxygen mask on yourself first. So you save yourself first and then you save someone else. And so we know that life is born from the woman's womb. We know that. And um, we know that the woman is the nurturer and, and we know that the, the man is, is the provider. Um, and what we see time and time again is that the woman um, along with the man is the, the protector. 
And so as we're trying to protect ourselves from sickness and, and illness and um, stress and trying to protect our children from outside um, outside forces or, or um, the things outside our homes that can hurt them. And then we become protectors of our community, protecting our blocks, protecting our city, our town. Uh, standing up, we see women often on the front lines, as we can see today right now, with women uh, picketing and uh, women um, taking a stand and rallying and uh, community organizing. And oftentimes women are at the forefront of that, or it's more than likely that be more women than more women teachers in the classroom. And so I think that our responsibility to the village is to protect ourselves. And, and, and I'm learning that every day, <laughs> especially, like I said, ha having um, oral surgery yesterday and, and um, doing other, um, you know, ailments. Just remember to chill. I can't do it all. I, I, I don't need to be at all. It has to be okay. It, it, it took to my fifth decade to, to get to the point I'm, I'm starting to master that. But you know what? It's never too late because I'm still here. Um, so I think that that's an important uh, factor because there are some things that do we really often have to keep um, emphasizing the fact that we do everything. We know that we do everything, but I think our responsibility to the village also is to remind the village to treasure us so okay. that we're not broken, so we can continue to, to be there as a nurturer, as an ear, comforter for the village. So that, that would be my answer. Okay. So King, we, 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 we on season two, King Atterbury. Yeah, I know. It's a beautiful thing, man. <laughs> we made it here with everybody, you know? So, so do you have a, a young lady you would like to go first? Dun, 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 dun. Well, Jazzy, you want to set the stage? <laughs> Jazzy, you want to set it off? Jazzy, unmute your mic, Jazzy. Your, your mic is on. Oh, I couldn't hear you. Oh, I was waiting for some of the new faces to go. I was. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, would you like to spit some poetry? do that okay well since since right. you know what feed it off of the energy <laughs> of the sisters answers and there's my house on so trying not to do everything <laughs> Some, but um feeding off the energy of um the sisters phenomenal responses um i'm gonna do a poem called uh conquistadora i am wide awake and wide open i am a contortionist i cannot be broken I am hungry for change and thirsty for knowledge. Feed me justice and equality and I will devour it. I am grandiose with winning ideas. I am conquistadora, conqueror of my fears. I am elementary, secondary, vocational, creative and fine arts. Experience is the best teacher and I am lettered by the school of hard knocks. I am fertile ground, the root, the bark, the foundation. I am tea leaves and stories strange fruit. I birthed this nation. I am out.
standing upon my ancestors' shoulders. I age with grace. I am fluid, unscathed, and bolder. I can sell sand to a beach. I am confident. I'm a realist, pragmatic, and I am heaven sent. Look away from my flesh and peek into my mind. I am master's peace, a work of art by divine design. What you see is not what you get. There's more than meets the eye. I am satin and silk and nubuck suede and rawhide. I am misunderstood. Lady, divine love. Best friend, I am all the attributes he has written of me from the beginning. The definition of me. I am conquistadora. All right. Yes, beautiful. <laughs> that was very good, very good. I, I actually forgot a whole verse. <laughs> Just in that second, nice. so I appreciate it. I'm telling secrets, I'm spilling tea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Thank Nita, you. would you like to um, would you like to say a piece tonight? Um Honestly, I wasn't prepared. <laughs> well, you're a queen. Queens are always prepared, aren't they? <laughs> um, can you hear me? Because my that's true. <laughs> can you hear me? Because my um internet is yeah, a little you. bit iffy at the moment. Right. Okay. okay, okay, that's fine. I'm gonna read one from my book. Um. And it's called Goddess Affirmation. Release me, release me, release me. Let this black woman be free to be who she wants to be. Without judgment, without condemnation, mentality, physicality, or my spirituality. Let me sway in my hips to the beat that life has played for me. Let me shine my lips with violence. Let me bear my soul, my heart, and my sexuality. It's my, my life. Let me be who I want to be. I release me. I release me. I release me. Of me, resuscitating my energy, burning the flame of love from the root of my kundalini tree that's it all right thank you for that piece you're welcome see you having a little technical difficulties but it's okay ain't nothing no force yeah, is gonna saying. stop us yeah. we good <laughs> okay um julia would you like to um bring out a piece for us Yes, I have a piece for you. All right, thank um, you very was, much. No problem. I was watching um conversation with King and there was some discussion about um what does it mean when when we as black women say that we need to be protected. So I just wrote a little piece on that. Protect us. We say we need you to protect us, and you ask, what does that mean? It means we want you to remove the barriers that prevent us from working together as a team. 
And listen, we know you always face challenges, hardships, drama, and strife. But don't you see we've been stepped on too? We want for us all to have a better life. We know you've had some mamas who tried to make you men before your time. And we sat right beside you in the same classroom with educators who said there was something wrong with your mind. And we know you didn't mean to get trapped with your money short because instead of looking forward, you chose to look at behind. No, we're not asking you to change. We're asking for you to transform. Rise up, heal your heart. Stop hurting us as if it were the norm. And yet, yes, we know that we ought to, must, and have to get better too. But can't we do it together? Let's say we work on us and y'all work on you. We're asking you to take a moment, look beyond the DMs, the Yaki blends, and the fashion overtrends. We want you to see our hearts, our souls, our minds. We want for you to be our friends. So when we ask you to protect us, it's not a saying that you haven't been there. It's just us saying we don't want to do it alone and that we have no more heartaches to spare. We can do it better together. Protect us. Thank you. Thank you very much for that nice piece. Beautiful all by itself, you know? Thank you. Rita, would you like to um, bring in some material? Sure. Thank you very much. Okay, so um, this is the Queen's Court, so I figured I would sing, uh, say something for you guys and all the sisters all right. out there. Every black woman here has magical talents. So let me impress upon you, ladies and gents, to take a hint and use your intelligence and be enlightened to the beauty of our minds and souls, sharing the woman's journey and multifaceted predicaments. I just want to stop and share these uplifting words with my sisters and hopefully it'll get through to some of our listeners. As your sister, it's my responsibility to prevent you from drowning in pain or even sorrow, to uplift your spirit and understanding that together we can get through this tomorrow. But today, I wanna to borrow your smile. It's my responsibility to prevent you from drowning in loneliness and collect your tears when you're struggling to face your fears. But today, I wanna to make sure it's clear you're miraculous. It's my responsibility to prevent you from drowning with the depression that causes you such agony where others don't understand why you don't want any company. Just know, sis, I'm company through. I'm coming through to tell you how, oh, never, how he, oh, never mind. Right now is about you, not me. How about some milk and honey? I'm not here to give you answers because though I may have been there, that's not my place. I need you to know that stress is the killer that can knock you off your pace. And I hate to see another black sister fall from my ever so challenging race. The end. All right. Very good, very good. Jess. Very good, very good. Jazzy, would you like to come in next or would you like me to come back? Oh, you can come back. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> I kept right. Okay. Um, Nita, would you like to um spit another piece for us? This is the Queen Show. Can she hear me? Oh. 
Oh, okay. I'm wondering. having some real issues, but can you, can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you now. Because I'm having some. You have a okay. okay. Would you like me to come back around? No, I'm fine. I'm just wondering if you can hear me because you guys keep coming in and out for me. So I'm wondering if it's the same for you. Yes, it's the same thing. So. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's gone. <laughs> it's okay. Everything keeps freezing. Yeah, it keeps freezing. Okay, I'm gonna swing back around. Okay. What was that, Jess? I said I can go if she needs something. Okay. Alrighty. I don't know about y'all. Huh? I say that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I don't know about y'all. But to me, being black is so fucking lit to the wide varieties of our tones, textures of our hair, to the souls of our spirits. We are the shit. I am Mother Nature. I am sweet potato pies. I am my ancestors walking beam of light. I am faith. I am hope. I am tears that built highways, made street lights. I am the electricity that keeps your food cold. I am the sweat that keeps your food hot. I am the blood that runs through your veins, that covered the streets, that fought to be here. I am Martin's dream. I am Malcolm X's delivery. I am Sojourner's truth. I am Maya's phenomenal woman. I am all. I am cries that turn to outbursts of freedom, splashing the way of the Underground Railroad. I am healed scars of lashes that covered my ancestors' backs. I am the aroma of ham hocks and black-eyed peas. I am the frightened brown children that crawl to freedom on their knees. I am stronger than the shackles that are still clinking from the heavens, sore fingers that pick cotton and serve plates. I am the mother of brown children with brown or blue eyes. I am that divine strength that rose apart felt sitting down. I'm hated for the hues of my skin, the laughter I don't hold within, my wide nose and wide hips. I am that beautiful black woman that still believes that she's the shit. Peace. Hey, that That was great. That was great. Definitely on point. All right. Hey, Amina, would you I like to um, peace? Thank you. Oh. You good, Nita? Oh, she's still frozen off. Okay, Amina, would you like to um, spit a piece for us? Uh, thank you oh, very absolutely. much. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm like energy too. I haven't had a, had a good poetry cipher in a long time. So <laughs> I'm I'm hyped now. <laughs> All right, so um. You know what? I'm gonna feed off of just a jazzy energy, and I'm gonna go with a a poem that I wrote a while back called um, "Pesticides," and it's a little play on words. So, um, so hopefully, you can follow my flow. Pesticides. Pesticides. Pesticides stressing over life. A life where things falling apart, combating one another like we're enemies, we're not. 
where has inherent intellect gone from the constructs of Mali and Timbuktu to the who's who of bling bling minds of Sierra Leone to celebrations of brutality and lynching through so-called pop culture songs? Are you nappy-headed hoes? Are you blinded by Jim Crow? The gleam of a gag, demon grills in the front row. Are you banging, singing, singing like a human show? Just to make that do. Looking through stanzas of time, crimes committed by nursery rhymes, digging up roots to define the truth. But what is a nursery supposed to be? Housing trees, bushes, branches, spurry, flowers and fruits and leaves, leaving responsibilities to be overseen by owners of family trees. Now, when like species clustered, hybrids were mustered from substandard seeds, creating vines, variations of original plants intended. Vermin was spread and annihilated what should rightfully be defended. Consumers congregate within picket gates of wickedness. When the gatekeeper says lock down the displaced, then they found lost, found generations of shackles, clink, clink, handcuffs, clink, clink, to bling, bling, clink, clink. Futile crescents inhabit sacred soils, fertilizing roots of prudence. Ragdoll blossoms wave visas of tempered wind and castrated scarecrows are marred by fear, but there's nothing to scare here but hope. Insects outside are waiting for sun-baked atrocities, luring with putrid scents. Six droves, six legs, six senseless centuries, six, six, six senseless centuries of infected crops watched over royal bees. Killer killing crops, killer bees can't see progression from the trees. Pesticides sprayed on mines wide open, damaging crops, damning fruits, carnage of blossoms never to see the light of day. Pesticides poison roots of poetry. Cyclic side seed sap spilling seeds to be impregnated and implanted into catacombs where fertilizers await erecting branches, erecting limbs, taking root, yet leaving root behind. Reading tea leaves from poetries, truth whispers in the darkness of shrubbery traveling through silence. Pesticides. Mm. Beautiful. All right. Thank you, sister, for all of that. Great piece on that. Jules, would you like to come in and uh, display something out for us? Sure. I just wrote this once again. <laughs> um, it's entitled Preach. Now, they say that faith is the evidence of things not seen. And weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. But tell me, what happens when you feel like you can't see the sun? And hope, <laughs> she's got her issues too. Out here making you fantasize about some end or something that hasn't even begun. All, the, all that they, sorry. All these things teach you to do is to wait. Just imagining the plate set before you and you can't even get a taste. Now I believe in the Lord with all my precious heart, but I also remember these words were drafted to keep me complacent, but I ain't even gonna get into that part. What if wait on the Lord means to actually serve him? I mean like 
wait on him hand and foot, like serving him up all of your gifts and all of your talents and all of your dreams. Be done with all that waiting and get out of your head. Get up, dust yourself off and go crush your goals instead. I mean, it's time to go off this, like really go berserk and get yourself a new hint. Maybe you just need to work, 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 work. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> right. Thank you very much for that piece. That was great. Thank you. Rita? Hey there. Okay, um, I'm gonna read something called Clarity. It's called Clarity, okay. In my mind, I find a man of great strength, integrity, and intelligence in each conversation, even those filled with unbroken silence, each hug, kiss, and intimate moment, and assures me that none of it is a coincidence, a small nudge of eloquence, taking a chance, but not necessarily at romance. In my heart, I see two people stricken with worries from past heartache, and painful memories, and I know that within these combined lyrics to the solemn song we sing, we're creating perfect melodies. And unlike before, there will be no tragedy, if only we took the time to see. In my soul, I feel a woman touched by every single characteristic of love you said you thought you could never display. And I feel it a hundred times stronger with each day and every each night and every day. Though our hearts and minds oh how we trade to make us believe we shouldn't feel this way. I tell you I love you and this is true. You say that you adore me and I feel that too. And while the heart, mind, and soul may have us both in a twine of confusion, there's still no doubt that you're the man of my choosing, and I don't really foresee a means of either losing. And also, while the heart, mind, and soul are busy, I admit I wasn't quite listening. I was too busy caught up envisioning while you were focused on self-preservation and repositioning. It only took an answer to my question, never want, wanting my own selfish desire. It either changes who we are, nor the friendship we will continue to feed with love, honor, respect, and harmony. I got you just like you got me. All right. Okay. Ladies, I want to ask, um, the one question I want to ask is, how do you ladies feel about um, breast cancer? You know, this is the month, and I've known a few um woman around town who's um had their situations. So I'm just gonna go in a lineup, okay? Jules, I'm gonna start with you, and then I'm gonna go to Rita, and come down to Jazzy, and then to Amina, and then Rita. Okay, thank you. Um, I actually have a history of breast cancer in my family. My um, late Aunt Cora was uh, diagnosed with cancer, breast cancer in her late 80s and luckily she was able to receive treatment and um was was healed so it, it didn't turn out to be um as big of a problem as feared um but what i find personally um as a young black woman is disparities in healthcare. um there are uh, genetic tests that can be performed, number one, for you to be able to determine whether or not you have a history of breast cancer in your family. And those those tests are not necessarily discussed with us as African-American women. 
if you do have a history of breast cancer in your family, then it's suggested that you get mammograms earlier than the age of 40, which is suggested. But they don't, we don't, they don't share that information with us. Um, the second thing I found in terms of disparities um, with health care, which I just experienced, and I realized in retrospect that I was afraid because of my family history. But um, African-American women's breasts have a different texture, makeup, consistency, as opposed to um, white women's breasts. And usually when it comes to medical treatment, we're compared to white people, like just, you know. And so um, we tend to have a denser breast. And so when you have the mammogram, it can appear as though you might have some maybe um, cells or tumors that might need to be looked at when they don't necessarily need to. It's just that your, your breasts are denser. And usually what they'll do is they recommend that you have these procedures that number one are very extremely painful, extremely painful. And number two are extremely um, costly. So I think as um, with respect to breast cancer, as African-American women, we need to be making sure that we stay informed on literature about our bodies, about the care that is appropriate based on the mammogram readings that, that we receive and that we don't allow fear to drive our decisions regarding the, the treatment that we get. Okay, thank you very much, Jules. Nita? I don't know if she, did she freeze? Uh, Nita? Nita, unmute your mic. Your mic is unmuted. Your mic is on mute, Nita. Um, I don't think she. I think she might have froze. I know she's having bad connection. So whoever whoever has something good uh, in reference to breast 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 cancer awareness month, it's important that um as 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 men, we understand um what you guys go through number one and number two is it's a major myth that only women could catch breast cancer men could catch it as well uh it's for for a lot of guys that may be a little bit on the the, the heavier side they may experience having uh growth in their breasts so it's important that they also check for lumps as well as well as women so for the men don't be afraid to ask the women what to feel for when you're doing those self-examinations. Uh, don't be afraid not to go get to go get a mammogram done. Uh, they are painful. I'm quite sure the women will tell you, but it's better to uh, err on the side of caution with this stuff. Um, so it's very important that we uh, acknowledge it. And you know what they say, uh, early detection is the best detection. So mm -hmm. it's yeah. best that we be mindful of this type of stuff. Uh, does anybody else have anything to say about breast cancer wellness month? Go ahead, Sophia. Yeah, so, um, well, Sister Jewel touched on a lot of really important factors, and so did you, because um, um, I would just like to say second opinion. That's very important, especially because of what Jewel said about a, a black woman's um, breast being more dense. I, I've personally experienced uh, a doctor 
being concerned. Um, well, now that was probably about 10 years ago. But um, a doctor was concerned. She saw what she called nodes on uh, a mammogram. And I was glad that she agreed with me to get a second opinion. And I told her we'll get a third opinion if it was necessary, because I, I needed to be certain and to be sure, especially because um, uh, now, so King and, um, and Brother Quentin are my cousins on my mom's side, but on my dad's side, we're predisposed to, um, to breast cancer. And Aunt Karen, I don't know if you knew um, Jojo, but, oh, oh, I'm sorry, King. That's the, I just let the family name slip. Sorry. Cool. <laughs> He's shaking his head. I know. I'll hear it later. I'll hear it later. <laughs> but it's like in the brother's show when they kept dropping your brother's government name. I know. But um, um, Aunt Karen and Aunt Patty all, both passed away um, yeah, because of complications. Yeah, because of complications due to breast cancer. And then with lupus also being pre prevalent, and my father's side of the family, I have to often concern, be concerned about both, um, ensuring that my body's not in itself, ensuring that I'm not experiencing um, some type of lupus episode, um, ensuring that I am being careful. And um, I have one daughter and four sons, so like, what, like you said, um, Quentin, um, males can develop breast cancer too. So I cannot take it for granted just because I have daughters. I'm one daughter. That my, one of my sons just came in. If you hear water running in the background, <laughs> I'm in my. I call it my corner office in the kitchen. <laughs> but um, what, um, I can't. I can't take it for granted that my sons may not. God forbid they do. But I can't take it for granted that they may not ever um succumb or or, or you know or or have breast cancer. Um. The other thing that I was going to say too is that we have to be careful about the unnecessary procedures, and and that's why the second and the third opinions are really important. Reading up and doing our homework and asking our families. So, um, uh, King, you know our family is good for um, not always discussing every medical problem in the family. We have to dig as young people and ask them questions and because we're asking them questions and they might not always want to be forthcoming, um, we may not always know what we're predisposed to. So um, I've one good, really, really excellent book, I would say, um, that speaks to a lot of the um, disparities in healthcare when it comes right. to um, black and brown people, particularly black people, is called Medical Apartheid. And uh, Medical Apartheid is by Harriet A. Washington. It's a great book, and it talks a lot about um, the the way that Black people were African Americans, people of African descent, how we were experimented on, and how we suffered a lot of maltreatment in medical treatment. Dude, can you can you, can you turn that down a little bit? I'm I'm sorry. This is this is real 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 TV, right? <laughs> but um. Yeah, it, it's just really important for us to know um, if we have a doctor who we don't think connects with us, and if we don't connect with that doctor, then we have a right to change that doctor. We have a right um, to have access to a doctor who will listen to us. As Black women, we know that our um, cries are usually not always heard. We know that we are told um, that 
uh, we have a high threshold of pain. I mean, that that's an excuse and it goes to the poem that I dropped, pesticide, P-E-S-T-S, decide, but also pesticide. Because, you know, you, you wonder about those lies that are poured over us that are not actually there to protect us, but they're actually there to annihilate us, to kill us, to get rid of us. And and, and it's not just about being um, conspiracy theorists and being paranoid. It's it, These are facts. And these are facts that we have the right to be concerned with. But um, I, I digress and I would love to, to hear um, what one of the other sisters have to say, but I, I know for myself, it's, it's prevalent in my family. So it's, um, I'm not worried. I, I, I stay in strong faith, but I'm, I'm often concerned and just trying to do everything that I can to, um, to, um, to keep my health, myself as healthy as possible. And going to the natural herbs, going to the essential oils, those are very important things as well. Um, not always. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to say don't use modern medicine because um, that would be irresponsible of me to say. Me having children with autism, um, sometimes the modern medicine is necessary. Um, but I will say that um, it's definitely nothing wrong with going back to Eden either. Thank you. Thank you very much, Amina. Appreciate that. Um, Nita, are you good with your microphone and everything? I hope so. I've moved. I've moved rooms. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, we. Oh, you can. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> screen for us. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to say that um, I don't have an experience of breast cancer um, in my family. Um, the, I, I do know I have friends who have passed away from different types of cancer. Um, and I think that as a general overall comment, I will say that it's so important to know your body like to, to really know your body, to become so intimate with it, you know, that actually you can speak life into it. And um, I have had a, a diagnosis of unwellness before um, to do with my brain. Um, and the first thing that the doctors wanted to do was cut me open. It wasn't, you know, and like um, Sister Mina said, I'm not saying there isn't a place for medicine, for modern medicine, um, but I'm also saying that, you know, the strength, the power that we have within us to actually see ourselves and know ourselves is the foundation of everything. Because even in the use of modern medicine, we still have to know what good for us, research, what type of medicine is actually out there, and what holistic methods are there as well, and find a balance that suits you. And what is good for, for one person may not be good for another. So even in your experiences of connecting with someone else who may be going through something similar, what works for them may not work for you. It is about your intimate knowledge with your body and actually spending time daily. I think that we need to make that a daily practice and I think that we need to teach our children to make that a daily practice as well, um, you know, for being an example. And so hopefully that your, your that legacy that Jules spoke of earlier actually permeates everything, 
you know, our health, our well-being, our spirituality, our mentality. So, yeah. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. I'm saying let everybody know what's going on in this world. Um, Rita. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we hear you. Um, okay, well, I definitely agree with the previous ladies. Um, we, have, we do have cancer in our family, not breast cancer, um, but it does cause, you know, concern. I myself had to start getting um, breast exams at a very early age, so it became difficult during times of trying to get the insurance to pay for it because I wasn't of age. The age was 35 at that time. In my 20s, I had to have those exams done because my breasts are very fleshy, right? They call it dense. So then you have to go to another period of getting additional tests. And I have to do that every year. I can't say, you know, oh, I don't have to do it this year because I have fleshy breasts or I have dense breasts. And it doesn't get any easier or, or harder, but you know that technology has made those mammograms a lot easier. Um, so um, different facilities are able to have better technology to make it a little bit more comfortable um, for your experience, but I definitely think that early detection in your um, your diet plays a strong part in that. Um, I went to see an herbalist before, and she was able to point out some things that may make my breast um, more. Um, like caffeine, you know, I may feel those things a little deeper because of it's caffeine. Caffeine causes that extra pain. So I had to kind of learn the foods that were either toxic, um, toxin or medicinal or either just neutral for me to be able to consume to make me feel better overall. Wow. Thank you for that, for sharing the experience and everything with us and everybody that's listening right now. Um, Jazzy, um, you know, some, um, um, what I was going to add is, um, I think a lot of the ladies made a lot of valid points. Um, knowing your body is one. Um, and me, I would say from my personal experience, I have, I got tested just, I want to say it was last year, this time, because I remember walking in and it was all pink and stuff and they made it very comfortable. Um, and I went through, my body just went through a stage where my breasts were leaking. My baby is 15. So, of course, like, you you know, you go on Google, life is over, you have breast cancer and six months to live. Um, but I went to go get um, checked out. And I would say for me, it was a different experience because I didn't have, um, I wasn't raised with my, with my mom and a lot of like family. So I didn't have like the older woman to say that this was important. This is what you go and do. And just because you don't see it, I would say for people who are like me, who didn't have like, who are basically just learning everything on their own to still, you know, break that cycle and go get checked and um, become very familiar with your body. And it's okay to go like, Hey, I, cause I was like, my breasts were leaking and it was like around the time of the month. So they were very tender. I was like in two days of like, yep, my life is just set up for this to happen to me. This is what it is. And I was scared, but I went, um, it was a very pleasant experience. It wasn't as painful as I've heard. They do get you, like, my 
we're grown. My breasts are like plump, so it was very like uncomfortable. It was a little uncomfortable because they tried to like squeeze it like a pancake. But like I said, if you if you don't come from the surroundings of you know, the older generation to tell you things or anything like it's okay to do that on your own. I would say just because no one tells you or you even believe that your body is okay, I would still go and get checked out because it's right. I'd rather be safe. Than safe. So that's, um, that's my input on it. Just know your body, become one with self, pay attention to everything. Uh, we still don't know why they were leaking. They just Something that happens sometimes, some women. But um, I would say just pick it up on your own and teach your own children and you know, the people around you because not everyone's educated. A lot of people don't know that they should go and get tested around the age of 40. There's a lot. You would be very surprised. There's women who don't even know the 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 correct labeling of the parts of their vagina at 40. So, I mean, it's okay to not know. I would say it's okay to not know, but go and find out. Go and learn. That's all. It's my two cents. I want I want to ask the ladies a question. Um, I've I definitely been watching behind the scenes. I just wasn't on, on camera. Um, I want to know is it any is it anything that um, as your your brothers, your sons, your cousins your mates, is there anything that we can do to um, to understand some of the um, changes that you guys may go through with your body, not just with breast cancer or breast cancer awareness. Well, this is why we brought the subject up, because a lot of times a man may not understand some of the changes that a woman may be going through with her body. She may be gained a little bit of weight, so she may not be feeling as beautiful as she once felt. Uh, so it may be affecting their sex life or whatever. Is there anything that um, that we as men don't know that we should be aware of and, and, and how can we be a little bit more understanding? <laughs> um, I have a younger brother and he was in a relationship with his girlfriend and every so often he would talk about, you know, putting it nicely, how she wasn't consistent, that there was always kind of like an issue or, an, or a problem. And I explained to him, I said, you know, as a woman, even though we, we do our very best to manage, manage it, as a woman, we have about one week out of the month where we are okay. <laughs> um, we, we cycle just like the moon. We cycle just like the moon. So for example, the time that she's her, I explained, as I explained to him, the time that she is her biggest and her brightest and her most engaging and most entertaining, imagine her as a full moon. And the time that you see that her, her energy is dropping, imagine her as a, a, a waxing or a waning moon where she might be just a sliver of herself. And it's during that time, well, always, but especially during that time that she's going to need you to be more understanding, more supportive, not argumentative, and just be there for her during that time. It doesn't last always, but just understand 
her cycles. But it's also important for us, I think, as women to understand our cycles as well. We need to be able to effectively manage what's happening with us, not only physically, but also mentally, also emotionally. And we and we need to understand that so that we can have that conversation with the people around us that love us. Because what might seem as us being difficult or challenging is actually us trying to manage and maintain what is happening with us physically, mentally, or emotionally. So we need to be able to have that, that conversation with you all. And I think in terms of support from you all, I think we would like for you to be able to hear that, understand that, and support us in that. Okay, Jules. Uh Okay. Anyone else want to give uh, give myself, uh, King, and the rest of the brothers um, that's watching some advice? Well, I make announcements now, <laughs> especially because I'm a woman of a certain age. So, I and 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 the youngest are 17. So, everyone's grown enough and old enough now. So, I, I announce it. Hey, guys, this is my week. Just letting y'all know, I feel it coming. I feel the tremors. I feel the mood shift. My my daughter gave me an app. And let me just read off some of the mood changes. These are not even the symptoms. Tense, happy, distraught, exhausted, forgetful, indifferent, weird, furious, excited, dynamic, angelic, comment, uh, peaceful, angry, sleepy, anxious. I mean, and there are other... Um, that as an adult gave me this like five years ago, I had no idea, headaches, migraines, dizziness, acne, uh, hectic for neck aches, shoulder aches, tender breaths, breath sensitivity, back aches, low back pain, body aches, influenza, must is a joke that we used to get our menstrual flu. And I had no idea that it was a symptom of your menstruation, your immense. And even that, there are different terms. You may hear period, you may hear menstruation, you may hear mince. You PS is not always um that's the premenstrual, but there's also postmenstrual. We go through stuff after the um the menstrual. We go through stuff during. And um and when I say, even though I say jokingly, um, woman of a certain age, but um I'm going through changes now too. So there's the perimenopause. And if you're still receiving, getting your menstrual, menstrual and you're in perimenopause, which is the, it's the pregame show. So you got, you, so, so I'll put it in sports terms, my brothers. So you have, um, so you're outside, you have the tailgate, then you have the pregame show, and then you have the national anthem, and then you have the game. So the menstrual is the game, but you have to, we have to tailgate, pregame show, sit down and wait for the national anthem, decide to kneel or not, <laughs> and then go through the game. And then you go through the game and then you have halftime and you think it's over and then it's back. So now that's the post-menstrual. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, we, I know y'all say sometimes like, give me a break. Give us a break because we really need it. I call it my week off, but in, some women are blessed to deal with it three days. 
Me, <laughs> I'm about what this Jewel said. I hit that. Yeah, I'm about what five, four to seven. So yeah, the, listen. Sometimes I just want to lock them up in my room and tell them to bring me my food and slide it under the door. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> Real talk. I'm I'm just gonna fall back after that because <laughs> I'm going through some things right now. Just talking about it. <laughs> It's bringing, it's bringing some trauma. <laughs> I'm going to mute. I'm going I'm to ask, ask Jules a question because uh, Julia, you probably didn't let everybody know, but um, next week she's going to be starting a, a relationship show on the channel on, Thurs on yeah. Thursdays, and they're going to be based off her, her two books, uh, Crown Rules 1 and Crown Rules 2. Um, yes. Jules, look, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you think that Understanding what a woman's going through with her body, and vice versa for a man, understanding what he's going through, dealing with his insecurities that he may be facing, maybe a job or whatever. Do you think this is key to having a healthy relationship? Absolutely. I think the most critical and um, important cornerstone of a healthy relationship is empathy. If you are not able to put yourself in the position of your partner and understand what they are feeling, what they are feeling, and be able to soothe and comfort them through that, it can be very difficult. It can be very difficult. And it doesn't matter what the situation is. And no, no situation is more important than the other. Um, you're in partnership so that you can face the challenges of life together. And if you're not able to listen, understand, and care for your partner, then I don't see how you can be successful. So I think empathy is most important. Okay. Okay. Can I just can I just comment on can I just comment on that? Absolutely, Nina. Yes, we can. Um I feel that um, you know we are as as women, you know, the divine feminine, and we have a, um, a responsibility and a duty to ourselves and to our bodies. But men are the divine masculine, and actually. They too have the same responsibilities to their bodies. So when we talk about knowing ourselves, um, men have the oh. Oh, Nita, we getting we we're not hearing you. This is bad because Nita Nita going into her bag right now. For those that's watching, uh, she's she's Nita, across. Nita, Nita, we can't really hear you. For those that's watching in the chat, Nita is across the pond, as I like to say. Uh, <laughs> she's she's in London, and the and the reception right now is not that good on um on the end. Uh, we got some crazy things going across in that water. So, Nita, I lost your volume. 
I just I want you to finish, but we're gonna try to hear you. We couldn't hear you that good. But you were saying how um just as a just as a woman is go finish. I can't even repeat what you said. It was you know, you had me captivated for a minute. Go ahead, Nina. Sorry, can you hear me now? Yeah, no, I was talking about the divine feminine and the divine masculine and um, the, the responsibility for men also to know your bodies. Like, you know, because actually we're all both. Like, I am divine masculine and divine feminine. And so, you know, King, um, you know, he would also be the same. So we both have that, that duty towards ourselves in terms of understanding our body and, you know, knowing ourselves intimately it's not just it's not just a woman's work you know it's not it's not just a men's responsibility to go out and work and you know earn the money and you know deal with the pressures he he also has to if there's an expectation of men it's that you know raise your vibration elevate yourself ascend you know, ascend past your your stresses and your worries and your fears you know Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, uh, Anita, that's one of the things that uh, when me and King talk, it's like a, before we even get into the conversation, it's like an energy check uh, before we even get into what we're going to talk about, um, trying to understand the energy and where both of us is coming, where we're at, we, we, you know, because uh, lately we've been talking and it's like I've been needing to hear his voice because I've been needing my energy re, re, uh, readjusted. Uh, so your Anita's right when she's talking about having that uh, divine energy as a man and masculine energy. And it's very important. It's not for those that are religious. A lot of times when you hear stuff about energy and spirituality, you tend to uh, push it away uh, for those that are religious. But know that even if you get into the depths of the religion that you follow, uh, you'll understand that spirituality, uh, having that one-on-one uh, -on -one relationship with your creator is more, you know, that's the number one relationship. So a lot of times religion is more of a ritual aspect and you got to have that spirituality and, and, and understanding the energy. That's just for the religious people. I'm not trying to uh, teach nobody religion or nothing like that. But sometimes well, people that are religious, they just will be so quick to shun away like uh, the spirituality aspect and know that this is all, all this stuff is tied together. Um, we always try to say that nature doesn't lie to us. And uh, I believe that to be true myself. King. Yes, sir. Uh, how's everybody doing today? How's, how's these great poets doing today? That's what I'm trying to find out. <laughs> <laughs> and they took they took us down a road with female education. I think we needed to hear that today. Yeah, definitely. The audience would very much appreciate that. I know I know J Rob yes, J Rob the wise son. He put some uh great information in the chat in reference to certain sites where um understanding, you know, you need to go to some of us need to understand to go to a doctor 
that's going to be specifically to our needs that we will understand um, our body, our body structure. Um, and know that a doctor is someone who practices medicine. That doesn't mean that an end all be all. So, you know, you telling them your symptoms can help them diagnose you properly. Um, so uh, does anyone have any more poetry for tonight? I'm quite sure. I, I know Jazzy got something because I'll be on Jazzy. And she probably be like having like three or four. She probably be like, I'm ready for him. I'm sick of him. He get on my nerves with his stuff. She trying to hide now. No, I was I was sorry. Yeah. Um, one thing before I do do my poem as far as like um we're talking about like um I want to go back and touch real quick on um as far as what men could do. I think women play a big role in it too. Um, I know like with my past um, relationship, I used to just like, let it be known. Like, bruh, this is it. When my lady time is here, cause that's what I would call it. This is how I am. I cry. <laughs> I'm super sensitive. I need some chocolate cake. Don't touch me <laughs> on the first day, the second day. I'm in a lot of pain. The third day, I'm okay. Fourth day, we good to go. So I think communication plays a lot of roles in that too. But I also know that men need to know themselves as well because I would feel like once I'm done with my lady time and it was ovulation time, he's cranky. So I know for about two weeks out of the month, like I know what to expect from him. He didn't know. I had to bring it to his attention. Like, you know, um, after I'm done, you know, you are kind of moody and snappy and just kind of like, so I had to learn to, you have to learn each other. But okay, here goes my poem. Um, Because we had a little vibe talking about our community and stuff like that. So I'm just going to do um this one right here. Um, The back in the day one. Back, back in, in the, the day, day, back back in the day, I have to interrupt you because Sorry, you have yeah. to you have to you have to explain the history of this poem. So <laughs> I am a part of a poetry group called SC Poets in South Carolina, and our founder actually passed away um, to cancer, and um, he while he was sick, he asked. Um, when he knew he was about to go, he told us that he wanted his wake to be full of poetry. So he, everyone in this, in the group wrote um, a poem about him, like in what he kind of taught us and how he was with us. And his name was Khalid, rest easy, Khalid. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. And I couldn't be further from the truth. When I was young, vibrant, and still a youth, when the hardest thing to me was deciding if I was going to wear FUBU or my favorite cross-colored jeans. Waking up to the sweet aroma of breakfast, some bacon grits and pork and beans. Making sure I had my love letter perfectly folded for my crush, written in four different colored pens was definitely a must. Stopping by Lily's, getting my Doritos, Pepsi, and 10 cents pack an hour latest. Crazy how time flies because now it's later. And if there was a ticket to go back, then I would say see you later because my problem now is where did the love go? 
We show more attention to our foes instead of our bros. We have homes with new stainless steel pans with overly used takeout menus where parents are rarely home but at the latest new venues. See, my problem isn't with fun, but to continue to do what our ancestors have begun, which is create the the path of our brown people to excel and to stay away from the cell and to create babies and teach them the life to success. But we somehow lost it and have almost put our values to rest. So we got to remind ourselves what it felt like to have our hair pressed on Sundays, to wake up to our school outfits on our bedside on Mondays, and how we listened and respected the OGs on the block. Because if our daddies weren't in the picture, then we had an unnamed uncle on the corner with a Glock. See, he knew all about respect and protecting our families. He was on the corner every day and protected our legacies. And even before him, our love wasn't thin. We had thick lines across our backs that when our blacks wasn't in. And if you think I'm lying, then you can ask George Zimmerman. All I ask is for us to do what our ancestors would do. And if you knew Khalid like I do, he would say, bring back the love to our black communities. Live life, but love each other. Don't be oppressed any longer. Be free. Have each other's back. Hold on and carry our ancestors' scar. We got enough love We have enough to deal with. We aren't done. Continue love and not war. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I say and wish I was a kid again. Every 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 poem has a story. And um Jazzy had recited this poem a couple times before, and she doesn't tell the backdrop to the story all the time. So I knew that we, if she'd explained it, we could all get a benefit of why this poem means so much to her. Um, and like, uh, I, I feel like I know him. Like I told her before, I feel like I know him through this poem. Uh, Definitely. Not. Oh, one, right. one, other, one other quick note, uh, Sophia. Have mentioned this book, Medical Apartheid. It's important that all of us, definitely black people, get this book, read it, understand it, and um, get some benefit from it and understanding what we got to understand that we were not <laughs> brought to this region uh, willingly. Um, our body structure, our makeup, our diet. Everything was not made for this rough terrain, so to say. So this is why we should get in tune with this book and what they have done to us as well, but also understand that what we need to do to get in tune with our body. Well, that's that. King, who's next? Uh, uh, Jules, you want to you want to fly something in the air? No. Okay, well, Amina. Okay, I'm trying to unmute myself. Okay. <laughs> so um, in in honor of my in, inaugural visit to the Poetry Corner, which I truly appreciate all of you today and sitting here with you sisters and, and my cousins slash my brothers, this is um, a beautiful experience. And it, it takes me back because um, I've been on the poetry scene for a long, long time. I mean, I, I am real old, <laughs> but 
um, I missed it, you know, and and it's not even just about COVID. It's about life stuff. Um, but poetry has saved many lives. Poetry has healed many hearts. Um, poetry has um, stopped wars. <laughs> poetry has developed uh, relationships. Poetry has sealed and solidified spirituality. Um, and so this is um, a piece that I want to write. And um, this was actually a um, an exercise by um, a sister, April Sims, down in the Baltimore um, DMC area. And um, it was done by many, many poet friends of mine, um, Max Parthas from the Prismatic Poets, um, um, a good friend of mine, Laurent Carey down in DC, um, the Poetry Man down in DC, um, many, many wonderful poets. And, and I first heard this, um, uh, El Wiz, uh, Lady Wisdom, um, but I first heard this uh, from uh, April Sims. And so um, myself and my brothers who, we actually, let me do a real plug real quick. Um, we did have a residency, we're called the Active Poets. And pre-COVID, we, uh, myself, my brother, uh, Tony Wisdom Supreme, um, uh, Lee and my brother, uh, Alex, uh, Alexander Brown, AKA Cream, the Omega, AKA um, um, Alexander the Griot. We uh, have a residency at um, Ashford and Simpson Sugar Bar. So um, we had decided collectively to have um, our own connection to um, this this piece called My Life is on the Line. But this is my take of um, My Life is on the Line. And I just want to say thank you. I got a little long-winded because uh, the, the meds are wearing off. So I'm going to need to get off of here soon and uh, re-up. <laughs> so I just wanted to say again that I appreciate you all. So this is um, My Life is on the Line. Dearly beloved, I've gathered you all here under false pretenses and at the expense of seeming selfish, desperate measures must be taken. You see, in ignorance of its origin, spoken word is being berated, using poetry as the antithesis. I want the prophecy of free verse to live, but for some time now, the oral art of literary expression has been left in a state of BFib. And my life is on the line. I want to write. I have to write. These lines are my life. The stakes are high, so I devised this scheme to get you to believe that you came here tonight to have a good time. And I can't deny that opening your mind to every word, every noun and verb conjoined the sequential structures will send shockwaves to the heart of an artist clearly by divine design and i have my nerve in fact every poet mc and lyricist every verbal alchemist every spiritual spitter is protagonist born to resuscitate collapsed lungs of wordsmiths treasured chests unclogging writer's block in a order that are stifled by inability to rhyme and hypocritical notions that one form begets another I vow this Hippocratic oath to reignite oratory. I want to write, I have to write. These lines are my life and I, I am an ink donor. My pen runneth over, partake in my sustenance of syllables that shall not be passed over. Free speech is the air I breathe, the oxygen filling my lungs. Do not think this bitch.
how dare this rant is, I will do the unthinkable. Converge Shakespearean mentality with the hindsight of hip hop generation. Transplant impoverished limericks into vigorous cadence. People, can you feel the devastation? I am starving to have my say, but not desperation because I want to write. I have to write. These lines are my life. My outcry is not intended for persuasion, but to uphold the unalienable truth that there is a tear in the fabric of our social political foundation. The words we speak, we write, we read have adversely impacted artistic adulation. Dreams are deferred. Our children are waiting for patient payment. So let freedom ring, true justice, equality in the earlobe, in plain sight. I'm taking flight upon flight. I'm uplifted as I pull back like an airplane pilot, never to crash again. I'm still standing, baby. Peace has landed. But more than that, Lord, punish me not by disabling my righteous quilt in my hand because I want to write. I have to write. These lines are my life. I had the script described to solve the right to run. So dearly beloved, I've gathered you all here based on these dire circumstances. And my life is on the line. Thank you, cuz. Thank you very much. Thank you, cousins. I appreciate you all. This was a great night. Thank you. Also, um, Anita, I'm sorry that she was having technical difficulties. Like um, Quentin said, she's way over on the other side. <laughs> so I um, appreciate her showing up tonight. So that was peace. Um, ladies, y'all did a fabulous job tonight. Appreciate each one of you queens. Definitely showed up and uh. I don't know why you all queens in your own court. <laughs> queens court, baby. Season one. I mean, uh, season two, episode one. You ladies killed it. <laughs> Next week, we have a Monday and Tuesday lineup. Just stay tuned are on you, Facebook. Are you going to do it Monday, too? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> man. I have to. Tuesday is already locked up, so... Monday, open season. All right, all right. With that, um, thanks everybody for joining us. Um, we wanted to do something a little different with Queens Court, uh, to coincide so, with, to coincide with conversation with kings. To just not just hear these great poets, uh, recite poetry, but give a glimpse of who they are, um, and what they what they bring to the table on their daily lives, and to definitely highlight some of the issues, um, definitely with the breast cancer and the women's health and to have these type of forums because a lot of times we don't talk. We don't communicate. We go to work, we come home, take care of the home, and everything is basically routine. And next thing you know, 20 years done pass by and you don't even have a conversation with the opposite sex, let alone your mate. So, um, it's very important that we understand that the creator created us to socialize and have these conversations because social media will take you from even talking to people. So 
<laughs> with that, uh, 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 just stay uh, abreast of what's going to happen on Monday. We're still working on the, uh, that show, but next Tuesday, as usual, at 8 o'clock, uh, Poetry Corner Season 2, Episode 2, and I'm quite sure that lineup is going to be very interesting. Um, with that, everybody, have a safe night. Stay blessed. And uh, what's your favorite slogan again? Poets, poet. Like, what you, what'd you always say, King? Oh. Peace, love, and poetry. Peace, love, and poetry. I Peace, apologize. Love, that, poetry. that had missed me. So y'all take care and have a blessed night. Thank you again, everyone. Have a good night.